And good morning, Mike Broomhead. Good morning, Jamie. How was your week? Uh, it was an eventful week. It was a good week. And, uh, boy, lots to talk about as yeah. we wrap it up. Yeah, there is so much still going on. And thank you so much. And happy Friday morning, everyone. We've got a lot to get to. We're going to start off with the economy because jobs numbers. Payroll's up 311000 in the month of February. What does this mean for the Fed? We're going to talk about that immediately. Coming up at 9.05, it's interesting. It is uh, Women in Construction Week here in America. We are going to speak with someone about this virtual construction project manager from Knox Innovations. We're going to talk about this industry. It's one that's obviously near and dear to my heart. It's what I grew up in was in construction. So we'll talk a little bit about that and what are the prospects of job growth in the next couple of years here in Arizona. That happens at 9.05. But like I said, let's talk about uh, what's happening here with the jobs. The president's budget proposal was out. The Republicans are already saying it's DOA. It's got a lot of in it that they don't like tax increases and otherwise. So we're going to get into this, but I want to start with three, uh, payrolls rose 311,000 in February, more than expected, as job growth stays hot. Um, how do we curb inflation? We're going to get to gas prices. Here in the Valley, gas prices are climbing once again. Demand is very high. So what does this mean, generally speaking, what does this mean for the economy? Because again, I think the one area, the two areas, that when there is a, when there is chaotic movement is in food prices and in fuel prices because it affects nearly every american family the people out there that are buying the um uh, electric cars, the EVs. And we keep hearing, if you had an EV, you wouldn't have to worry about this. I think they've stopped saying that. But people in the administration, the energy secretary and others have said that. And the reason why they stopped saying it is I think they realized or were told uh, and believed that when you say something like that, the expense of an electric car is usually pretty high. A, a new electric car, there's not a lot of used ones out there. The installation of the charging stations, all of those things that go into it, um, it doesn't make it practical for a lot of working families. Working families Families, generally speaking, are the ones that drive older, less fuel-efficient cars. You know, fuel efficiency standards change. So those are the families that take the brunt of an increase in fuel prices. You have to have fuel to get in your car to go to work. So parents have to make these choices. Working people make these choices. Today is Friday. And America's changed a lot since I've gotten older, where you used to get a paycheck on Friday. The boss would either give it to you at the end of the day or at lunchtime. You could go to the bank and put your check in the bank at lunchtime. And I'm talking about in my world, in the construction world. And there were a lot of people that had to make that decision on Thursday, you know. Five bucks for gas, and at the time you could put enough gas in your car with five bucks to get to and from work on Thursday uh, to make sure that you got to work on Friday to pick up that paycheck to start the process all over again. Well, gas prices are going up. We'll get to the specifics here in a couple of moments. But with the payroll increase, we know what the Fed has said recently. Um, and the Fed is saying that they believe that this may settle at a higher place. Uh, the interest rates will settle higher than they originally um, expected. I want you to hear a couple of things. Uh, Jerome Powell talking about this, about stability when it comes to the economy. Without price stability, the economy does not work for anyone. In particular, without price stability, we will not achieve a sustained period of labor market conditions that benefit all. So, you know, this is uh, this is tough because the Fed is trying to cool off the market, which means jobs are going to be reduced. They asked him about two million people losing their jobs. But the, the issue for me is about this budget. 
the president's budget is going to raise taxes on people. He says only making more, more than $400,000 a year. I don't understand how this uh, – again, as an American, there are times when the differences in our opinions between who gets taxed and how they get taxed is, in my mind, a political thing. You know, me being somebody on the right side of the aisle – Although I haven't spent time in my life wealthy, most of my life spent either working class or working poor. I, I've been either one of those. I never held a grudge against wealthy people. As a matter of fact, when you work for someone, and most of you listening are not the business owner, you're working for someone, you want that person to have money. You want them to be wealthy. When you need, and this is, again, strictly from the construction world I came from, there are a couple of things that when you work for a company that matter to you. One of them, if you did what I did, which is being a service technician, which means you're traveling from job site to job site, sometimes multiple times a day, um, you want to be in a vehicle that is nice. You want one where the air conditioning works, it drives well, it stops well, it looks good. Um, you want one of the nicer vehicles. Well, that's one of the things that companies that are not having very much success are able to do is spend money on newer vehicles. You also want the tools that are necessary to do your job and to do it well. You don't want old broken down tools. You want new tools. When you go to the boss and say, hey, listen, I need – could you get me one of these, whatever it is, that the boss seeing the reasonable request has the money to buy you the tools necessary to make your job easier and more efficient. There are some companies that don't have a lot of money that can't do that. Now, that may sound foreign to some of you. You may work in an office setting, but you understand whether it's a printer issue or a supply issue or something in the building that would make your job more efficient and easy. How many of you are still using uh, computers on your desk that are, ultra, are supremely slow and you think, I got I to change this. Computer's got to be changed out. I have to have a new laptop. I need this. It would make my job so much easier. If you work for a company that doesn't have a lot of discretionary income, you don't get those things. But there are times when we argue about whether or not people should be taxed more, whether it's a corporate income tax or a personal income tax, and I'm largely against all of them, and here's a couple of reasons why. One of them has to do with the fact that the United States Treasury is already collecting record revenue. It's something that can't be looked past, and I mean this sincerely to all of you out there because a part of what this also entails in this budget is the removal of subsidies for the oil companies. And there are many people out there that see the um, see the profits of the oil companies and say, why are there any government subsidies going into them? And I would argue that if you take them away, your prices are going to go even higher than they already are, but that's a different conversation. But let's go with that narrative. They are already making record profits. Why in the world will we be giving them subsidies? Well, then let me turn that on you. Let me turn that back on you. If the United States Treasury is taking in record revenue, why would we give them any more of our money? Again, you're taking money from the rich in, uh, in ending subsidies for the rich oil companies. And I'm saying we have a rich and wealthy U.S. Treasury. So at this point in our nation's economy where there's already record revenue, why wouldn't all Americans be holding our government accountable and saying to them, you have plenty of our money. You need to manage it better. I mean, to me, that's the issue. That's the biggest issue. Now, the GOP says that it's dead on arrival, that it's not going to work. For the president talking about this, saying he wants to meet with the speaker. I'm ready to meet with the speaker anytime, tomorrow, if he has his budget. Lay it down. Tell me what you want to do. I'll show you what I want to do. See what we can agree on. We don't agree on. Let's see what we, we vote on. 
Okay, so he, the president says he's ready to compromise. And here's his message to Republicans. The president trying to kind of say to Republicans, show me what you've got for your counter offer." And the context of this conversation really comes over this battle over the budget and the debt limit. The Republicans who have accused the president of reckless spending, they are possibly risking saying a debt default could be at risk in this showdown over the budget. But with... According to the experts, this would take our federal deficit our, to $50 trillion in the next 10 years. So this is what the president said is his plan versus theirs. My plan is going to reduce the deficit by $3 trillion over 10 years. Based on what we know so far about their plan, it's going to explode the deficit by more than $3 trillion over the next 10 years. And that's just – if you listen to what people are saying, the experts in this budget, you're, you're, it is, in my estimation, the wrong thing to do at the absolute wrong time. And to be fair, I'm going to be honest about my opinion. You are rarely, if ever, and I say rarely because I don't – it's hard to you know, never say never. I would rarely say to you that a tax increase is the prudent thing to do, not with the current condition in Washington, D.C. So as Americans, I, I know – you know, listen, I come on the air. I can't complain if I come on the air with a Republican bias that I complain about other people's biases. I, I'm not complaining. But at some point as Americans, there are things we can rally around, and one of the things that we can rally around is Americans is holding our elected officials accountable for how they spend our money. Any every it's funny because when it comes to politics, we break it down along political lines. I admit there are members of my party. The Republican Party has increased the deficits astronomically, and I hate it too. This just happens to be a Democrat president's budget, and the Senate is going to go along with it. But the increases in this budget, the spending increases, the tax increases are the wrong thing to do because they have so much of our money. There is zero efficiency or accountability in Washington, D.C. Every American should do that. It doesn't matter what your political leanings are. In other aspects of your life, you wouldn't tolerate this. If you have someone... Maybe you have a 401k through works. So that's different. But if you have a, a, a Roth IRA or another investment account where you have somebody that manages money for you that you've invested, you have money set aside for your future, and you have someone that you work with that invests your money, if they're losing you money, if they can't account for your money, if, if you run a business, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, and there are people in each department that are charged with a budget, and they go over budget, or they can't account for things that are being spent on, if if you have employees with a credit card and you see a bill that they can't account for where that money was spent, you make sure you hold them accountable for how they spend your money. Every one of us does it. It, it crosses political lines. In this case, it becomes Republican-Democrat, and it shouldn't. All Americans should say not one more dime of spending, not one more increase in taxes, not one more dollar out of the U.S. economy until you account for the money you have, you rein in the worthless spending, you rein in the waste, and you rein, rein in the redundancy. And I just think it's something we should look at. Coming up in a moment. The latest updates on the Americans kidnapped in Mexico and how the cartel has responded. That's coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Let's talk about what's happened in Mexico. Uh, the Mexican cartel that is uh, responsible for the deaths of two Americans, the injuring of another one, uh, four, um, only two were returned to the United States alive. They have turned over five of their own with an apology letter to the United States for what they said 
was a lack of discipline in their ranks. Um, so we'll see how this plays out. Uh, I want you to hear a couple of different things. Jim Ryan, ABC, talking about the survivor. Forgetting her ID might have saved the life of a woman named Cheryl Orange. Without it, she couldn't travel into Mexico with her four friends for a medical appointment one of them had made for last Friday. On Saturday, she got worried, and then that's when she called us, and that is when we initiated what we call a welfare concern. Martin Sandoval of the Brownsville Police Department. That is when all the social media started coming out about what was happening. Video and images posted showing a violent abduction in Matamoros. Two of Cheryl Orange's friends were killed. Two spent four days in the hands of kidnappers. How trustworthy? That's the question. How trustworthy? You know that even when somebody, maybe you don't know, but I I know just because of my family being um, cops, my brother especially being a detective for as long as he has been, and a lot of my friends who are detectives will tell you that even when somebody confesses to a crime, that's not enough. You go and get the evidence to ver- to validate their confession. You Your case isn't over with a confession. Sometimes it's only beginning because you have to back up those claims. When somebody gives you an alibi, you go and make sure that their alibi works. When someone gives you a confession, they end up having to do the same thing. So here's the question. How reliable uh, is the information that these suspects, just because the cartels turn them over, how reliable is that information that they did it? So here's a little bit more from ABC. This is Matt Rivers talking about the validity of this. Authorities not confirming whether these five were involved, but multiple Mexican law enforcement sources close to the investigation tell ABC News the cartel note is believed to be legitimate. Neither ABC News nor U.S. officials have been able to verify the note's authenticity. So here is the rub for me, and we're hearing a lot. Uh, Lindsey Graham, Senator Graham, I think justifiably angry, said that these cartels need to be labeled as uh, foreign terrorist organizations. The White House said that's not going to happen. And here's the quote. Designating these cartels as foreign terrorist organizations would not grant us any additional authorities that we don't really have at this time. The press secretary, Cree Jean-Pierre, said this. The United States has a power has powerful sanctions authorities specifically designated to combat narcotics trafficking organizations and the individuals and entities that enable them. So we have not been afraid to use them. But it's not doing the job. But here is the rub and I think every American needs to start paying attention to this. Do we need to shift the way we look at drug dealers especially when they're dealing in fentanyl? There are those that want to designate fentanyl as a chemical weapon as opposed to a drug, as a poison, that if you sell it to someone, you're not a drug dealer, you're poisoning someone, changing the rules in the in the way we look at it. But if we are going to, and I believe these cartels, per, plural, I believe they are terrorist organizations. I think they've shown that on our side of the border or on the other side of the border that they are willing to use terrorist tactics in order to get the to enforce their will. They have shown a willingness to not only murder people, but to, you know, do things like we've seen in a seen ISIS do. We've seen bodies dismembered and hung from bridges and set on fire. We've seen the heads of law enforcement officers, especially police chiefs, being put in boxes and set outside of the front door of the police department to send messages. We have seen them employ terrorist tactics. But again, you and I have to make a decision. Because as Americans, that also means that if you are a terrorist sympathizer in the United States, if you are working with the cartels in distribution of fentanyl, and we have to acknowledge something else that is a sad, sad reality. 
that the majority of the drugs that are coming across our border are coming through the ports of entry and they're being brought in by Americans. So we have the poison being made in Mexico with ingredients largely brought in from China. All that part of it is true, but it's being brought into the country by people that A, know it's poison and B, are American citizens poisoning their own people. So if we are going to go the full Monty on this in the minds, forget what the government decision is. If you yourself have seen these murders and you have seen what the cartels have been doing in Mexico and you have yourself said this is a terrorist organization, these are terrorists. If you believe that to be true, and I don't blame you, I'm, I'm with you. But it aren't the people in America that are muling these drugs terrorist sympathizers? Are they not connected to those groups? Are they not, by definition then, domestic terrorists? I talked so much about this last week. We have to wrestle with this because if there was, and I know that it happens because the FBI and the JTTFs, the Joint Terrorism Task Forces around the country, they are on the, there are people on the terror watch list. So the first thing that comes to our mind usually is radical Islamic terrorism after 9-11, that these are people that have been radicalized because of their faith. But it's not usually, it's not just Islam. There's other people for religious reasons that are radicalized to violence. And the FBI's job is to stomp out that domestic terrorism, to, to, to catch those people before they commit a crime, prevent it from happening. Are we now going to say with that that our federal authorities should be treating fentanyl dealers as domestic terrorists? Do you in your mind believe that? That if somebody is if somebody's bringing a dirty bomb across the border, terrorism's easy. Going to kill a bunch of people with a dirty bomb, going to do a lot of damage. What about when they're bringing in thousands of fentanyl pills that you know could and probably will kill young people? I'm anxious to see how America, what we do with this, if we are willing to go the full Monty with our opinions on all of this. Coming up in a moment, Gatos is going to join me, and it's the big Q poll question of the day, so stick around for that. The Gatos Big Q poll question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, happy Friday, Gatos. How you feeling, man? You're back in town. You I'm, feeling good? Allergies are killing me, but actually, other than oh. that, I feel pretty good. Oh, no. You got I, a cold. You, listen, you're one of those guys who say it's, it's no. allergies, but really it's a cold. Here's the truth. I felt great uh, yesterday on the airplane. I felt fine. It's allergies, oh, and no. I am allergic. The only allergy I have to any medication is antihistamines. I cannot take allergy medicine. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that, so you can't take like Zyrtec and can't stuff. take any of that stuff. What? What? Now, what happens when you take it? Now, this is my interesting. heart. My heart beats out of my chest. Uh, my breathing oh. gets really shallow. Like <laughs> it's real. When I was a kid, they gave me an antihistamine when I was about three or four years old, and I lost yeah. my mind. Tore the oh, curtains no. down in my bedroom, jumping off my dresser. My mother had to basically tie me up and throw me in the car to the gate and take me to the oh, emergency my. room. I think we. Should, it's been a long time. Let's try it once. <laughs> I'll watch you. Yeah, because I'm not wound up enough. No, I'll watch you. It'll be fine, and you'll feel hey, better. Can I can I shift gears for just one second before we get to the Heck question? Yeah. I was listening to the promo this morning of you talking about the KD injury and taking calls from people and how they got hurt. Yeah, like a freak injury. Can I tell you mine? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Riding bulls, mid-90s, Mr. Lucky's, got hung up. You've ever seen those guys get dragged around the arena? Oh, God. Got hung up, bull stepped on me, broke my fibula on the outside, and on the inside of my ankle, broke my ankle bone off. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Happened to me twice in one year. Why would you go back to riding my, a bull after it happened to you first My lower first leg, time. my right leg, my ankle is actually screwed together. I have to show you. You can see the screws. It's pretty gross. I don't, I'm not looking at your foot, man. That's <laughs> now, gross. I won't I take my shoe that. off. I'm not weird. All right. Yeah, I don't want <laughs> to see your feet. I mean, that's disgusting. <laughs> hey, Gatos, what'd you do today? Look at Boomhead's foot. Some people pay money for that. What, um, Not me. What do, you, what do you have for a question? Uh, an asteroid the size of an Olympic swimming pool has uh, a chance of hitting Earth on Valentine's Day in 2046. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, hey, uh, darn it, uh, that's probably the day KD comes back from injury. Mm-hmm. B, uh, <laughs> if it gets me out of celebrating Valentine's Day, I'd welcome it. And uh, see, my personal favorite, roses are red, violets are blue, the asteroid in 46 may destroy you. <clears throat> That's a good one. Yeah. So uh, we have that to look forward to. We're going to have an asteroid come, and uh, it's going to hit us, and it's going to be on Valentine's Day, and it's going to be 2046, and uh, it might hurt less than your bull riding injury, it though. It might. It might. Oh, gosh. Well, it's a fun question, and uh, I'm going to have to ponder my answer because you know how bitter I am about Valentine's Day anyway. So I think I'm going to go with I don't have to celebrate it. So uh, great question, and I look forward to talking to you on Monday. Uh, don't send me one of those weird pictures of your foot. I don't want <laughs> I that. I won't. I won't. All right. All Thanks, right. Gatos. The BQ Poll Question Day brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. We've got a guest coming up just after 9. 